Welcome to the RAF Mildenhall Protestant Parish Podcast. As you prepare your heart to receive today's word, we pray that you are encouraged, inspired, and uplifted. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Let us, uh, let us pray. Let us pray. First, let me sip. All right, now we can pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to break the bread of life to your people of light. We ask, O oh God, that you will speak in this house a word and season. Many have several things going on in their lives, but God, I ask in this moment that this word be an encouragement. May it inspire, may it uplift, may it heal every heart in this house under the sound of our voice. Speak as only you can, Father, today in clarity and with potent power. It's in Jesus' name that I only have one request speak Lord amen can everybody say amen amen uh, my title for today is a better expectation a better uh, expectation uh, we'll be coming from the book of Psalms but before we deal with that I kind of want to explain to you uh, about the book of Psalms the book of Psalms uh, is known uh, was called an anthology an anthology is a collection of writings that are put together uh, to form a sense of to give a sense of encouragement or to display uh, the writers sometimes mindset uh, what the writer is going through. This is often done for the book of Psalms, is done in a poetic way, but it really explains the mind of the writer. It explains what the, what the writer is going through in a moment, and, and sometimes it also expresses the emotion of what the writer uh, is feeling in the time and space of which they are living. And so for the book of Psalms, I mean for today, we're going to be coming from Psalm 62, uh, verses 5 through 8. And this is David uh, writing. Uh, he wrote this particular psalm, and I'll get deeper into explanation later, uh, but he is the writer of this particular psalm or song. Uh, and it reads, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence for my hope is from him he only is my rock and my salvation my fortress I shall not be shaken on God rests my salvation and my glory my mighty rock oh I just saw something there I didn't see before Ooh, that's good. Thank you, Lord. My refuge is God. Trust in him at all times. 
O people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Pause or Selah. The word hope, and I want to hit this from the beginning before I get into the, the meat of the intro. The word hope here uh, simply means and is translated as expectation. As a matter of fact, as I did the research, when you find the word hope in the Bible, if you replace it with expectation, you will get, in most cases, a better sense of what that particular scripture or that particular writer is actually saying. So when it says, for God alone, oh my soul, wait in silence for my expectation is from him. Not people, not my experience, not uh, my gift and or ability. My hope, my expectation is from him. This is David. David is the beloved of God. David is one who is overlooked, forgotten about. David is the one who went to sniper and hand-to-hand -hand combat school on the backside of a mountain. This is David in hiding. This is David when no one knew his name. This, this David uh, had a touch and a call of God and, and he was always on God's radar although he was overlooked by his own father. This is David. From the time of his youth as a shepherd boy, David's trust and hope in God would become the melodic theme of his life. From being hidden on the backside of the mountain all the way into his teenage years, taking an unshakable stance against the eight-foot-tall, undefeated giant, Goliath. It is here where David makes his declaration. It's, it's here where David's life changes forever because this is a moment that puts him from hiding to on the center stage of life. I want you to check out David's verbiage and why he becomes who he becomes in this moment. It's not actually just what, it doesn't start with what he does, but it's what he says in 1 Samuel 17, 45 and 46. Listen to the words of this David, the one whose hope and expectation is in God. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with the javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you. This is confidence. The Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down, cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the hosts of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Listen to this little short boy's confidence. 
This is, is what he's saying against a eight foot tall, experienced man of war with three main major weapons on his person. David is short, only roughly about 17 years old, and all he has is a slingshot and a rock. And he's talking like he's sitting, like he's there in 2022 living in those days with a shotgun. No, all you have is a slingshot and a rock, but he realizes that I'm not fighting alone, that my expectation and my hope is not in my own ability or strength. My expectation and my hope is in God. Not in what Saul tried to give me when he tried to give me his weapons and his ideas and his thoughts and what his strategy was because his strategy wasn't going to work for me because I couldn't go by what man was trying to give me. I have to function off of my expectation of what I know God has already done for me. You see, David already had an experience with fighting. Because on the backside of the mountain, David fought lions and bears. I know sometimes we read the text and we say lion and bear. No, not one lion, not one bear. Lions and bears. That means he did this over and over again. And if you read the history of how he handled it, sometimes he shot him with a slingshot, but oftentimes he had to run and grab the lamb out of the mouth of the lion, out of the mouth of the bear. This is that David. Now many of us, if that was us, we would say, oh, look how strong I am. I'm about to come against you, Goliath, because I've already handled some lions and some bears because of what I did. But he doesn't do that. He gives the glory. He gives his, he sets his expectation on who? God. It's a better expectation. David had high expectations from God consistently throughout his life. From anointing to appointing, his hope in God led him from victory to victory expectation is often born out of past experiences this sometimes determines the level of hope we may possess in this case then if this is the case then it will be wise for us to rest our hope in the resume of God and not the resume of man because this is the only way we can all have a better expectation when you look at the resume of man you will find in that resume times where you were let down times when when the hope and the expectation you had mm, came to a, a place of failure you, you'll find many flaws in the expectation of man but when you look at the resume of God can anybody testify that when you look at God's resume, how many times has he shown up for you? Has God ever really let you down? You, you won't find any flaws on the resume of God because when you look at what God has done for you, even throughout your life, if you sit there, take a moment and think about the last thing he did. And, and the truth be told, he's done so much for us, it is really hard for us to even fathom and to sit here and think of everything he's actually done. Because God is that faithful. Somebody say he's that faithful. God is so faithful, he's done things you don't even realize he did. 
danger seen and unseen. You're here today because he took care of some things you didn't know he was even taking care of because he can be trusted that much. God's resume is what we should be laying our foundation of our expectation on. It's a better expectation. Somebody say a better expectation. So when you look at, when you look back at it over your life and you think things over, you have a testimony now because you realize you serve a God that can be trusted. You serve a God that will never fail you. You serve a God that will never leave you nor forsake you. You serve a God, watch this, not only that he can be trusted, but you serve a God that actually trusts you. Even when you don't feel trustworthy, he still trusts you to pull through. He still trusts you to, that you can make it as long as you set your expectations on him. Because God has proven himself to be trustworthy. We can have a better expectation. I found this very interesting when God shared this part with me. He said to me, he said, we often view life more through the lens of our experience with people than we do our experience with God. Let me say that again. We often view life through the lens of our experience with people than we do our experience with God. Because of this, it weakens our faith and lowers our expectation or our hope. Because we view life, what's gonna happen to me next is because of my experience the last time I went through this situation with this same person, it's going to happen to me again. Your, your expectations are now lowered. Your faith is now weakened because we view life through the lens of our experience with people. But if you begin to view life through your experience with God, you will see the glass. I should have had a glass up here. I almost did. Half full rather than half empty. Oftentimes, most people, you can ask them, how do you see this glass? Do you see it as half full or half empty? Based on the answer will tell you oftentimes where their expectations actually lie. We should be lying or relying on the resume of God. So then the flaws of man becomes the fault of God. When things don't go our way, we say it's, it's on you, God. It's, I prayed for that and it, it didn't happen. You, I prayed that I would lose three pounds and you told me I was going to lose three pounds and it didn't happen. Well, I also told you you were going to lose the three pounds, but I didn't tell you to eat the chocolate cake every night. We want to we wanna take what's our fault and blame it on God. Well, Lord, I asked for a healing and it hasn't manifested yet. But see, because you and your yet, you blame the sickness on God. No, let me just foot, footnote here. Do you realize sin is not God's fault? That's not news to anybody, right? So why do we put the things that we don't understand or don't like on him? He didn't bring those things into the world we did with the fall. None of it's his fault. So the reason why certain things that's unexplainable are happening, you say, well, why just God doesn't snap his finger and fix it? His name is not Thanos. For my Avengers folk. No, no, no. 
he will show up when he wants to show up, how he wants to show up, because God is sovereign. That was for free. It wasn't even in my notes. And sometimes we find our expectations can be displaced. This is why you, you ever found somebody who, even when the times are going good, they expect bad to happen? Times are going wonderful, but they say, I just, they can't even enjoy the greatness that they're in at the moment because they're, they're, they came out of a really hard season. Now that the season is good and things are going well for them, they still expect something to happen that's going to hurt or harm them. Dude, I want to give you a, a news flash. God is not out to get you. Only the devil, the Bible says, he seeketh who he may devour. The devil seeketh who he may devour, not God. God does not want to devour you. He wants to empower you. He wants to strengthen you in your faith. He wants to strengthen you in your hope, in your expectation. He's not after you. So why look at, take a, a positive situation and make it negative? It's your expectation. Shift your expectation. There's a better expectation that lies ahead. This psalm speaks to the core of what I believe David's mentality. When you, when you look at this particular psalm, it really speaks, and I talked to you about what an anthology is. This psalm, I believe, and I believe there's other psalms, but this one in particular speaks to the mentality, the psychology of David. I'm going to read it again in a second because I really want you to, I want that part to sink in. I want you to listen to his mentality and his psychology. This is who he was from the very beginning. Every time you read about David, this is his mindset. And watch this. I love this about David. It never changes. This mentality is who he is. You can't strip this mentality away from him. This is exactly who he is. On the back side of the mountain, you see him trusting and hoping and, and, and keeping his expectations strong in God. When, when you see David uh, haunted by his, hunted by his father-in-law, Saul, to kill him, David is still holding on to his faith and his hope, his expectation in God. When you see David, even in his downtime, when he fails, David still is trusting in God. He never falters in this. Listen to what he says in Psalms uh, 62 and 5. We already read it. But this is his mentality now. I don't want you to read this just as a scripture. Read it and just as a song or a poem. This is his mindset. For God alone. Comma. Right off the bat, he gives God full credit. For God alone. Nobody else. Not me. Not my job. Not my family. Not my friends. Not even my enemies. For God alone. Oh, my soul, wait in silence, for my hope or expectation is from him. He says, my soul, my soul here means mind, will, emotions. This is the completeness, the totality of who he is. He says, for my whole entire being, sit still in you. There's nothing for me to do now. I, I have to sit in a place where I just have to trust you here. I, I, don't, I don't have to work for it. I just have to trust you here. And some of you, that's the hard thing for you to do. You feel like there's something I gotta do. No, God says, be still and know that I am God. 
just be still for a moment. Don't stop moving. Stop trying to make it happen. Just sit still for a moment. He says, my soul, the completeness, the totality of who I am, wait in silence. I won't say a word. I don't need to respond. I don't need to clap back on anybody. I just need to be quiet and let God respond. He says, for my expectation is from him, which means he's given me my hope. And what, how is he giving me my hope? Because when I think about David, when I was on the backside of the mountain, when I think about when Saul almost killed me, when, when I think about when I slew uh, Goliath, the giant in my life, when I think about those moments, when I think about the accident that almost took me out, when I think about the bullet that should have got me but it didn't, when I think about the times when I should have failed and should have fallen and should have been exposed and God covered me, he says, I've learned to just be silent. Then he says, he only is my rock and my salvation. That when he talks about my rock, he's talking about a ground that you can trust. You ever been on a stage and you kind of can bounce on it and it feels kind of weak and you wonder if you'll go through it? So well, let me not get, especially here in England, if you go on any stage, just things are, oh, just what it is, part of the you know, culture. But, but he says, the thing you're standing on, he says, he is my rock. He's the thing I stand on. I don't, I don't, he, I'm not standing on something that's going to that's gonna give way. As a matter of fact, what I'm standing on will make a way, but it won't give way. He says, I'm standing on my solid rock. Y'all remember earlier when I said, oh, I just saw something I didn't see before? Look at what David says. Whew, this is so good. If you miss it, I'm sorry. I might praise God by myself, and that's okay with me. Check this out. I didn't see this before. He says, look at, listen to this. He only is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. Did y'all catch that? Let me roll up the yellow bus. Okay, here it is. He personalizes his relationship with God. He makes it personal here. Before he's talking, he's talking about himself and he's kind of generalized. Remember, this is a song for the people to sing, but he says, no, it's personal now. He only is my rock. He's my sure foundation. He's my salvation. That word also means deliverance, liberation. He says, he's the one that frees me. He's my fortress. Watch this. He's the thing that I can hide in when I need coverage. When the arrows fly by day and, and the things try to come at me by night, he says, I, he's the thing I can hide in. And when I hide in him, you can't see me. But he got me. He says he's mine. He makes it personal. He's my refuge. He's the thing I can surely trust. And he says, trusting him, he's talking to you now. He's talking to me now. He's talking to us now. He says, trusting him at all times. Now watch this. He tells us to trust in him at all times because he's been through enough with God to know that he can be trusted at all times. And I mean, here's the reality. We all have been through enough with God to know that he can be trusted at all times. So why don't we trust him all the time? Bring it back and say it again. We've all been through enough to know that he can be trusted at all times. So why don't we trust him at all times? Why is our expectation and our faith wavering when we know we can trust him? He says, shift your expectation from people place it and get it from God and there you will have a better expectation 
Can I announce to you that greater things are coming? Okay, you don't have to shout off it. It's fine. You ain't got to say a word. But I just want to announce to those who really need to hear it. Greater things are coming. But, but you know, Elder Ray, things are good right now. No, I'm going to tell you right now, it's getting, it's going to get better. Why? Because you're getting ready to have a better expectation. When you expect something from someone like God, come on, who owns a cattle on a thousand hill? God who hung the moon and the stars in the sky and, and, and sits the earth, earth on his axis and revolves around the sun. A God like this, when you put your faith and trust in him, you have no reason to doubt him. You know too much about him. So why in the world would you look at your life in any other light than one that's going to bear much fruit, great fruit, because my expectation is not in man, is not in me, not in my degree, not in the things that I possess or have or who I have or things I've done or been through. None of the accolades don't care about any of that. I'm just like David. God is the source of all my expectation. And because his, his resume is strong, I have no reason to doubt him. I have no reason not to have a better expectation. I expect this PCS season to go well for you. Somebody ought to be clapping really loud right there. I expect somebody to get their orders. I, I expect things to go well for you. I expect when you get to your next place, it's going to be better than here. Somebody ought to be shouting right there. It's going to be better for you because your expectation is not built on man. Man may think he has control, but man never has control. God ultimately is always in control. He's always moving the chess pieces just in the exact place for you to put the devil in checkmate. And I'm telling you now, it may look fuzzy right now, but if you just be still, I promise you, keep your expectation strong. I guarantee you, you will have a better expectation. Y'all can come up. I'm about to close. I, I want to share this last piece with you. This last little piece with you. Romans, I didn't put this on, my, on the uh, screen, on the screen slides, but so it's okay. In Romans 4, 20 and 21, I want to read this and I'll give context. This is a whole nother message, but I just want to show you something. You can start playing softly, please and thank you. It says, no unbelief, this is Paul, no unbelief made him waver. He's talking about Abraham. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith. <sighs> this is so good to me. He grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Let me finish it. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. How do I grow in my faith? Do what Abraham did. Give glory to God. What does it mean to give glory to God? It means, that word glory means to honor. It means to, to esteem him higher than yourself. It means to reverence who he is despite what you're feeling, despite what it looks like. He says, as you give him glory, your faith will automatically begin to increase. And as your faith increases, you'll be fully convinced that God is able to do the thing that he had promised. Not wavering. David was on unshakable ground. A solid foundation. 
but so are you. You're, you too are on a, a, a unshakable ground. You're on a solid foundation. Look down at your feet. You're standing somewhere solid. It's him. He has you. He won't fail you or let you fall. He has you. Be still and trust him there. And shift your expectation from people to God because it's a better expectation. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you that you have given us and you have given us a better expectation. It's because of you we are who we are. It's because of you that we're going to become who you intended us to be. Now, God, have your way in our lives like never before. Increase someone's faith today through the power of this word. As every ear has heard, every eye has seen, allow it to take a foothold in our hearts, in our spirits, in confidence of who you are and who we are in who you are. We thank you. Now, if there's anyone under the sound of our voice that has not given their lives to you, Father, we ask that they will take this moment right now within themselves and confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that you are the Lord of all, that you are the Son of God, that you are the only true and wise God. And they will confess you as Lord and Savior of their lives. Repeat this prayer after me, even if you're already saved. If you haven't given your life to Christ, just repeat this prayer after me. And every born-again believer, we're just going to repeat it together in unison. Father, I believe that you lived and died just for me. I am a sinner now saved by your grace. Thank you for saving me. I believe with my whole heart that I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Amen. If you enjoyed that word, put your hands together and bless his name. Hallelujah. Won't you stand to your feet and let's worship together. pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share. Thank you for stopping by our station. And until next time, may the peace of God be with you.